This is Jim, and I'm flying solo in the high-tech studio this week, so I give you my thunderous review of Thor Ragnarok on this episode of Graphic Content. Stay a while and listen. He called you a cowboy. What in Sam Hill? What did he mean? What are you? I'm the abomination, the strongest mutant of all. Know this, swimming bird. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. This blue eye perceives all things conjoined. I cared much for the word impregnable. The past. Sounds a bit too much like unsinkable. The future. What's wrong with unsinkable? Nothing. And the present. As the iceberg said to the Titanic. Stop. How's life? He seems nice. And we're back with a special episode of the Graphic Content Podcast. My name is Jim Mason. I am not with Adam Messinger this week, who is on assignment with our returning guest, T.C. Morgan, that you'll be hearing on a future episode. But look, I went and saw Thor Ragnarok last week, and I'm I'm just going to say this up front. I loved it. Now, I'm going to give you a, a, a major spoiler warning I'm going to be talking about some plot details. I'm going to be talking to you about some some um, uh, spoilers as far as people who are in the show. In the I went to the movie show. What the, what am I using the old la- old timey language for? I don't know. But look, I'm gonna I'm gonna. There, this is going to be a spoiler filled podcast at least as far as characters. I'm not going to try and spoil too much of the plot for you. But there will be some plot beats, so if you haven't seen Thor Ragnarok yet, first of all, I have to ask you, what the hell are you doing listening to a review episode of of Thor Ragnarok? I, I'm going to get my mic volume here correct. There we go. What the hell are you doing listening to this show? And uh, go out and see Thor Ragnarok right now. So that's my early review. Go see the damn movie. <laughs> and uh, that being said... I am going to talk about some spoilers. So, with all that out of the way, um, we're going to follow. We, I'm here in a room by myself. I am going to follow our usual protocol for reviewing film and TV shows, which is I'm going to start off with the things I really, really liked about it. Then I'm going to go into some things that could have been better. And then I'm going to go in and rate the film. And come on, this is Thor Ragnarok. So, of course, I'm going to be using shattered hammers instead of stars. So, here we go with our Thor Ragnarok review. What did I like? Right off the bat, Chris Hemsworth, come on. This guy is ridiculous in what his capabilities are. I mean, he's obviously uh, smart. He can memorize pages of dialogue and recite it. I I think actors are not given enough uh, credit for the work that they do. Um, that's one thing. But beyond that, the guy is fucking good looking. Um, and good looking doesn't even uh, describe it. I, I do truly believe that he has a godly physique. Um, I, I cannot understand how you can have 
that many abs. He is the most well-defined human being that I've seen in cinema since, I, I, I mean, I don't know when. I mean, the, the guy is just beautiful. I, I might, if I wasn't married to my wife, Anne Marie, I might actually, oh no, what am I saying? She's the one who's the biggest fan of his abs. But all of that out of the way, it's not fair that you can be that smart, that good looking, and then be so fucking hilarious on top of that. The guy has had ample opportunity in recent years to show what his comedy chops are made of. Now, he has been involved in two comedies that have been some would say lackluster. The, that's the Vacation Reboot with Fred Helms and Christina Applegate that was just horrifically bad, but he was hilarious in it. And then there was the Ghostbusters reboot, which I thought didn't get enough credit for being the the comedy action sci-fi movie that it was. Um, I'm not going to reopen that can of worms of debate, whether you liked it or didn't like it, that's completely on you. But one thing that you can't say is that Chris Hemsworth was not good in that film. He was funny. He was damn funny. And he brought the humor to Thor. I think, look, I, I'm, I, am, I am an unapologetic fan of the, of the first Thor movie. I think um, that despite you know, the the tone of, of Kenneth Branagh's original film, which was at times Shakespearean and at times, I don't know, weird, um, just weird Marvel U kind of stuff, that I, I really enjoyed that movie. I enjoyed The Warriors 3. I enjoyed Sif. Um, yeah, Natalie Portman, it's another franchise that she really didn't want to be there for, but I thought overall that that the original Thor movie was great. Thor The Dark World, I think I enjoyed the first 45 minutes of it, and then it went kind of downhill from there. But hey, it's a Marvel movie, so it sure beats a trip to the dentist for a root canal. But Chris Hemsworth in the third Thor film, Thor Ragnarok, showed what a star this guy is. I mean, I want to see this guy in all the movies after seeing this film. What else did I like about it? Tessa Thompson. Look, if you have not seen Ryan Coogler's Creed, and if you, if you only know Ryan Coogler is the guy who's directing the upcoming MCU movie Black Panther, you need to see his Fruitvale Station to know what a gut punch of, of just epic proportions that movie uh, documented. Uh, it was an amazing film about some really tough subject matter. I cannot praise that movie enough. And then he goes out and brings Michael B. Jordan from Fruitvale Station, pairs him up with Sylvester Stallone as Rocky Balboa, yo, Adrian. And and not only do, do we get the, the legacy of Apollo Creed's son, Adonis Creed, but we get to see Rocky Balboa in his golden years training this kid to be the next champion fighter out there. And one of those uh, players hit the Adrian to, to Michael B. Jordan's Adonis Creed was played by Tessa Thompson with such grace and such beauty that she brings this film, and guess what? She has got such grace, such beauty, and such humor that it, it makes it unfair for women out there. But that being said, she is awesome in this film. She brings the action. She, she's into the physicality of the role. 
all of the demands of sword swinging and jumping and flying spaceships against green screens and all of that whatnot, uh, there's a certain joy that she brings to this character of Valkyrie who, in a sense of damage, um, once you get into understanding the Valkyrie um, and how she found her way to the planet Sakaar, okay, spoiler alert, Hulk fans, yes, this is the planet Hulk planet, um, once you know how she got to this planet, I, it's it's just great. I, I again, I, I think if I were to have any complaint of her role is that there was not enough Valkyrie. Give me more Valkyrie. Excuse me, I gotta take a drink of water here. <sighs> I am now hydrated, but now I must cough. So excuse me. <coughs> okay, moving on. So Chris Hemsworth, awesome. Tessa Thompson. Awesome. Kate Blanchett at Hella was hella bad, yo. She was fantastic. Yes, I know that was a dumb joke, but Christ Almighty, playing Hella, the goddess of death, she just reveled in it. I mean, she was draped in this character as she does. I mean, really, I think this is a two time Academy Award winning actress. She knows what she's doing at this point. But to bring that caliber of talent to this Jack Kirby creation was nothing short of amazing. She made a wonderful villain, an absolutely delightful goddess of death. I just cannot recommend her enough. I, I will postulate right now that at Comic-Con, the amount of Hella cosplay will go up by about 5,000%. My wife even said, that she might want to try a shot at Hella cosplay, which I would say would be hella bad. I would shave my head and play the Carl Urban scourge to her Hella anytime. By the way, Carl Urban, he I mean, he's just Carl Urban. He he always delivers. This guy's the character actor's character actor, and he was great playing her number two with a little bit of a, uh, a face turn at the end of the movie for people who can catch that reference. Um, I like Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner. He was always great. But man, his performance captures the Hulk. Dude, the Hulk is funny. He is fantastic. And, and look, let's not, let's not kid ourselves here at this point. The Hulk has had a rather um, interesting career at Marvel Studios. <laughs> I mean, I love the Edward Norton Hulk. I think I say this anytime we talk about the Avengers films and on this show. I, I thought Edward Norton was a great Hulk, but Mark Ruffalo and the way that they get him to work as the Hulk by doing the performance capture technology, that's the kind of technology that Andy Serkis um, uh, employs in the Planet of the Apes films. This performance capture technology really allowed him to inhabit the body of the Hulk. And, and the Hulk speaking in this episode just, oh my God, it is the Hulk from the comic books. If you are a comic fan, if you are a Hulk fan, if you are a Planet Hulk fan, where much of the, much of the setting and the overall um, uh, plot architecture for this film, I, I feel was based on, I think you will really enjoy Ruffalo's performance and, and whatnot. And speaking of that, um, let me go to some of the bit players there. Um, Korg. <laughs> He's the rock guy. He is a gladiator made of living rock 
that uh, that was in the original Planet Hulk comic book. He was played in the film by the director Taika Waititi, who, if you don't know Taika Waititi, you got to look up. Both of his films are on um, uh, Netflix. The only one that that I can remember right off the top of my head is What We Do in the Shadows. But definitely see him in that. He was, like I said, a member of Flight of the Concords. He is really one of the funniest people on the face of the planet. You need to get more Taika in your life. So I plan on searching out both those movies, including the one I can't remember right now. He is delightful. Jeff Goldblum, dude, he's Jeff Goldblum with weird lipstick and eyeshadow and eyeliner on. I mean, he's Jeff Goldblum. How can you not like Jeff Goldblum? And then we also have... Benedict Cumberbatch in his scene playing Doctor Strange. So just as, uh, again, another another quick spoiler alert, the tag scene from the end, of, or the mid-credits tag scene from Doctor Strange, where he is sitting down and having a conversation with Thor, is part of Thor Ragnarok. Um, so it, it expands further from there, and it, it is framed perfectly, so I don't mind them at all using this end credits or mid credits uh, tag scene from the previous film in this one. It makes complete and utter sense, and they even go further with it. And I'll tell you what, Benedict Cumberbatch he can play a great straight man with Thor doing the physical humor in that one. It was it was again a delight. So kudos to all the small roles out there, and of course I, the aforementioned Carl Urban as Scourge, the Executioner, fantastic. But look, no movie is perfect. There are a few quibbles that I have with this film, and and you're going to see just how minor they are. Um, The first thing I'm going to say is that there are pacing issues in this film. If you're uh, any any level of film buff, and and I kind of put myself in the middle tier of film buffs, there are obvious pacing issues with the script. I, I thought the first act was seamless. I thought most of the second act was good, but there was a transition piece in the, at the end of the second act going into the third act where, where our heroes returned to Asgard, where I just felt like there was, a, there was a big action set piece that was there, and that part was cool, but I didn't understand that. And then there was a decision in the third act, um, what I like to call the Enterprise effect. Again, spoiler alert, kids where um, Ragnarok actually happens. Now, the gods, you know, they do survive in this film, um, but Asgard itself is torched. And (laughs) I didn't even realize, Surtur, fire demon, torch. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Moving on. Um, (laughs) So it was was the, well, we want something new and shiny, so we're going to destroy it in this film, and then hopefully in the next film we're going to have something even bigger and shinier. I I really, I was kind of like, eh, I kind of saw that coming. Um, another thing that I, I thought could have been better is, God damn it, Tom Hiddleston as Loki is a gift to this generation of film fans. Why could we have not received more Loki in this film? Loki was fantastic in the parts that I had seen him in, but I, I just expected... You know, more Loki, like Christopher Walken, expected more cowbell in the Blue Oyster Cult skit on his Saturday Night Live from, like, I don't know, 18 years ago. That being said, uh, you don't waste Loki. You don't waste a talent like Tom Hiddleston. And, and yes, they were introducing lots of new characters and lots of new concepts, so I totally get 
that there were uh, concessions that needed to be made. But I, I just, damn it, I would have enjoyed sitting there for another 10 minutes in the movie theater if I could have had 10 minutes more Loki feature time. And then one minor, minor, minor quibble that I have for the end of this film. And this is past the, the, the mid, okay, two, okay, combined credits. And that's the tag scenes. So you know with a Marvel film, you get a tag scene in the middle of the credits and a tag scene at the end. Well, the tag scene in the middle of the credits were there's Thor and Loki and, and all the heroes on the ship, and they look out the window, the spaceship, because they evacuated Asgard, and the spaceship had enough room for the entire population of the city of the Norse gods. Anyway, it's Thor and Loki, not all of our heroes, but Thor and Loki are looking out the main, the main window of the spaceship, and there's a shadow that comes over their ship, and there's even more, an even larger ship that shows up. And I'm like, that's it? That was it. I mean, it could have been Thanos' ship, but we don't know because it was just a ship that, uh, that shadowed their very large ship. So I guess in the universe there's always a bigger fish was the point of that scene. I, I don't know. It just... It didn't. I don't think it handed off. If this is the the second to last movie before Avengers: Infinity War, which could possibly be be the biggest superhero film of all time, maybe that's an unfair pressure to put onto this film. But that's the way it is. Um, I know we have Coogler's Black Panther coming up, but I see, or at least I felt as a moviegoer, that these these tag scenes tee off um, these future Marvel films. It helps breed the connectivity um, between them. And I just I just thought that it, it could have been delivered on a little bit stronger. You know, maybe to just get like a 10-second shot of Thanos and, and the Black Order. Those are his special helpers in the Aven Avengers uh, Infinity War movie. Uh, if you want to read more about them, I definitely say read the uh, Jonathan Hickman's wonderful miniseries, Infinity, so that you, if you want to know who the Black Order is before they appear in Infinity War in the films. Anyway, I just thought there could have been a bigger payoff with just a sneering Thanos or uh, a couple of Black Order people talking to Thanos, like, my lord, we see the ship of the Asgardians. Destroy it. You know, just something. It just give us... I just wanted it to be teed off just a little bit more, just to get that little tease of what we're going to get next summer. But again, minor, minor, minor quibble. And then I think, my, and then the other uh, minor quibble that I had was, what the hell was the deal with Goldblum's scene at the end? I can't call him the Grandmaster. He's just always Goldblum to me. What was the hell with his tag scene at the end? It, it seemed needless, and it wasn't funny enough. Uh, yeah, I see what they were trying for. Maybe they they had it filmed or, or it was in the script to put earlier in the film and it just didn't work. And they said, eh, let's go ahead and put it at, as the tag scene for the end of, end of the credits. I don't think you needed it. That's just me. I don't think you needed it. It, it was not that funny, but it was kind of funny. So the point is, those are my minor quibbles. That's all I got. So I loved everybody in this movie. I loved the 99% of the things going on in it. You know, as an old school Thor fan, 
to see Surtur realized in CGI glory at the, both the beginning and the end of this film was absolutely delightful. Oh, I'm sorry, Idris Elba as Heimdall. Again, kind of a throwaway character from the comics given so much gravitas by one of the best actors working today. So Idris, I'm looking out for you, man. I'm sorry that I left you out of my notes in the beginning. That was just a cross thought there because he has actually, Heimdall has something to do other than watch things in this film. And he helps drive the story, the greater story of Thor Ragnarok forward. I don't know how I could have forgotten that. Um, Heimdall was fantastic. I would have liked to have seen Sif in this film as well. I would have liked to have seen the Warriors 3 treated a little bit better, but, you know, unfortunately they needed to get pushed out of the way pretty quickly. Um, I, I would pay money to go see a Warriors 3 movie with that cast. Anyway, I'm now at the point of rambling at the 20-minute mark, so here it is. My review of Thor Ragnarok. Drumroll, please. I don't have a sound effect for a drum roll. There we go. Four and a half out of five shattered hammers. A 4.5 out of five. Look, kids, this is one of the most fun movie, one of the most fun movies of this year or of the last several years. This is also arguably one of the top five best Marvel Cinematic Universe films to have been put out to date. This movie is simply fantastic please go out and see this and as a special bonus nugget for you hardcore comic book fans every just about every frame of this film has a, a love letter to jack kirby in it i i i just whether it's from the designs or the 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 cameos that we see in this just jack kirby is filthy through this movie I loved it as I'm an unabashed Kirby fan and the design elements, the characters, the way this movie looked, they're, they employed Kirby dots at one point in this film. Come on. Uh, you'll just love this film. Uh, so that's my review, guys. Four and a half out of five shattered hammers for this film. Listen, if you like the graphic content podcast, we are getting back on our regular schedule starting today. Uh, we have a new episode coming out Thursday. I have no idea what day Thursday is. I think it's the 9th. Um, so we're going to have an interview with uh, a new comics creator who is currently working on a Kickstarter to get his book put out. That's going to be between Adam and him. We have some fill-in episodes with Adam and TC Morgan coming up. Uh, definitely like having TC back in the studio. We have got reviews of other big films coming out. We have got Justice League which is going to be dropping on the 20th of this month. That's, again, these Monday morning reviews are what we, do, what we are doing there. Uh, we have Star Wars The Last Jedi, which is going to be on our subfeed of Holonet HQ. I mean, we have to talk about this one, and I have a feeling we're going to have a full roundtable for the discussion of that. So I hope you like this episode. I hope you don't mind me droning on for you know, minutes upon minutes upon minutes until I film and froth over at the mouth and fall over backwise to borrow a phrase from Monty Python. I love having uh, this opportunity to be on microphone here, and I hope you enjoyed this episode and my review of it. If you want to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of us throughout all the social medias, primarily Twitter, at Graphic Podcast, on Instagram, at Graphic Content Podcast, 
and our official page is hosted on the Facebook, facebook.com slash graphic podcast. If you want to look up and see what Adam S. Messinger, my normal partner in crime, is doing, you can hit him up on all social media platforms at Adam S. Messinger. And, of course, my social media strategy for Jim is not as well-rounded as Adam's. You can find me on Twitter at Jimmers with three M's, at Jimmers with five M's on Instagram, and simply at Jim Mason on Facebook. So that's it for now. Uh, Oh, lest I forget, our email. If your creator would like to send us underscore PDFs, of your work so that we can interview you and and boost the signal for the works that you're putting out there. You can also, or just write us a longer form missive, you can get us on email. That is content at gmail.com. I don't know how I could forget that one. So because Adam's not here, I'm just going to say, until next time, go read a comic. And after you read that comic, listen to graphic content.